Hey guys, and welcome back to La Vie podcast with myself, Andre Marie. I have been slipping and I'm so sorry, but you know what? The podcast came very late, very, very, very late, but it's to, it's here. And not only is it here, but again, I'm going to give you two episodes just because I feel so bad. It's been a hectic week. Man's been down. Man down. I've been down. Life took over this week. Um, it's been so, so hectic. Uh, it seems to have settled and I refuse to let it get to me. Anyhow, this week has been a funny one. Um, in fact, I feel like the last three months have been very, very, very interesting, um, especially on the client's sort of side. The longer I have a salon, the more I'm introduced to I'm going to call them quirky sort of people and I'm going to call them interesting characters. I get to see so many different types of women and not necessarily the people that come into the shop, but the people that query. Clients who query are are my faves, but also sometimes I just think to myself, you know, you don't want to come here, but you, you try anyway type of thing. And it's, it's very interesting to me the way people are so forthcoming with the information that they give you, um, whether it's welcome or not. So people can just come out and tell you they think you're too expensive, they think you're not worth it. So I'll give you examples. So this week I had a lady come into the salon. I've never seen her before and she came in asking for prices. Um, And there were various prices that didn't necessarily make sense. She wanted to know what a wash and press his price would be versus a relaxer and pixie cut versus a texture release so all of those things don't really correlate so much and her thing was when I told her the prices she just blatantly told me can't you do it for cheaper I think your price should be this I don't think that you should be charging that much to which I kindly replied you know those are the prices unfortunately we don't change them for clients we do offer a first-time discount. Loyal clients, we do offer them discounts. But unfortunately, you're a first-time client. I don't know you. I wouldn't give you a discount. And I'm sure you wouldn't walk into Sainsbury's and say, you know what, this milk, this milk is £2.10. But I think it should be £1.50. So I'm going to give you £1.50. You don't do that. I had another lady tell me I was too expensive. And who did I think I was? <laughs> I had one client who just said that she could go into Brixton and get her hair done cheaper for about £25. And lastly, I had a lady come in, have a conversation with me and say she likes to support black businesses and, you know, she wanted to do this hairstyle, but she thought she would come to the salon because I'd done her hair before and she really, really liked it. I was really good at what I did, but I'm not going to charge her an arm and a leg. (laughs) Because the lady she normally goes to will charge her roughly £20. And I'm going to do more, right? So, you know, I just told her more because she she had been a client before. And she's a lovely, lovely lady. Like, an amazing lady. She is one of those people that, even though I don't know her very well, whatever she needs me to do, I will do. Like, she's popped into the shop and said, you know, (laughs) she needs lashes put in, I will do it for her. Like, you know, sometimes you just have people in the area that you just help. She's one of those people. So I just told her, I think you need to go back to your hairdresser. 
why would you come, why would you leave someone who's doing a really good job with your hair to go somewhere else for no, that is going to be more expensive and out of the budget for you. Me personally, if someone's doing a good job, I wouldn't leave them for love, no money because they're doing a good job. They're good at what they do and their price is right. Why would I go somewhere more expensive or that I know, okay, it's going to be just as good as the hairdresser that I'm going to, but my hairdresser is good. Do, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, why would I leave something good not to go to something great, but to go to some some something who I believe or someone who I believe is also just as good? Didn't make any sense. So we had like a nice little chit chat. We caught up for a second and then she went about her business. Apart from that lady... None of from this um, lovely lady, none of the other ladies are or ever will be my ideal clients. And I mean that in the most polite way, not because I look down on them, but essentially they aren't my target audience. I want people to come to me because they trust me. Um, I want people to, who come to me to believe in me and I want them to like what I do. I want, you to, I want them to believe in what I do, not because I'm a hype, but because of through whatever medium they've seen what I can do, I want them to be able to see that I love what I do. And I'm truly just trying to make sure that people are happy. I want to make people hair happy whilst I'm also trying to respect their time in the process. That literally, in a nutshell, is what I'm trying to do. I want to make people hair happy. A lot of my confidence in hair has been built in the fact that I know myself and my intentions with clients and the job at hand. It's a passion that pays me in the process in a simple sentence. It literally is just a passion that pays me in the process. It's not easy in the fact that hairdressing is stress. Hairdressing is stress. And I can't tell you the amount of times I've wanted to throw in the towel because of how hard it is. But my end goal and my overall love for the job is what keeps me moving along. Hairdressing is everything to me, you know. One of my first emotional hurdles was my mum. And though she's my biggest prayer warrior and maybe and my maybe even my biggest fan now, when I first started the process of hairdressing, I was her biggest disappointment. She never failed to tell me that I was, what I was doing was a waste of time. And as an African woman, she felt that it was what uneducated people did back home. Me deciding to go into hairdressing wasn't for my mum. It was for me. It was something that was deep within me and I wanted to explore it. And that's what I said. And that's what I told her. Um, I told her and I wanted her to support it, even if she didn't agree with it. But I told her that whatever she thought about it I was going to move forward with it and there were a series of interventions a series of uncles and aunties trying to talk me out of it a series of different things conversations after conversations rolling of the eyes whenever I mentioned doing hair all of that stuff and a lot of my practice within the first year was I wanted to, everything that I learned in the salon, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to try them out at home. I had like a few people come in for like, in my house for like weaves and stuff like that. I never did any chemical. When I speak in this episode, I'm talking about the first three years of my, of me starting hairdressing and being an apprentice. Um, it took my mum about two years 
mm, I want to say about two years to really accept me doing hairdressing and um, I'll tell you the quick story of how she turned around at first it was just a no-go she it was the first year was a series of you know what are you doing blah 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 I hid it from her for a while and then when I did tell her it was just conversations interventions her telling me how disappointed she was oh you know and then she went through a phase where she was just like you know what she's gonna get over it she's not she's not gonna stick with it so let's just leave her to live like she's still quite young and when she sees that all her friends have got good jobs when she sees that all her friends are doing well she'll dump this job and she'll go and do something and uh fast forward uh maybe I can't quite remember when it happened. I don't think it was a real long time. I think it was about a year and a half, really. But I, I did clients at home. And I remember there was a day when I did a few clients at home. And when, when my mum came in, in the beginning, I wasn't really able to do a lot of things. But one of the first things that I learned at the salon was how to do a really good weave. Um, they taught my stitching game was whack before I came to the salon but whilst being in the salon I learned the stitching technique at the salon and the right way to apply a weave and though I couldn't do anything chemical I could do weaves so I did a lot of weaves so I did discounted weaves at home and they were from clients that I got at the salon they were just you know clients that I got for through whatever medium that I got from high five and facebook or I don't even know what on my blog I had a blog at the time and my mum I remember she came in my room and I had some money because I had about four clients that day and I had some money on the side table and I think she needed something like gas and electric and she was she asked me if I had change and I said you know what just grab 30 pounds from the table and it's on me sort of thing and she looked at this pile of money and she was just like where did you get this money from and I was like oh you know I've been doing hair all day this is what I have and I think she counted it there might there might have been like maybe 200 pounds there so we're talking I'm lying I did maybe two or two two and I was doing my third so she didn't say anything and then later on she came back and she was like Andre the money on the table was a lot of money do you mean to tell me those two, three girls that came in this, in in there, that's the money that you have from doing them? And I said, yeah, you know, um, I'm trying to keep up, keep the prices that I would keep if I was a stylist at the salon, but I'm also not trying to take the piss because I'm not a stylist yet. So I am charging at least 25% less. That was my mum's turnaround. Because she saw that in a day I could make over a certain amount of money. I think it might have been like £250 she saw there. Once she saw that I could make more than that, she I don't know what kind of calculation she did in her head. That was it. The first thing she did was go and buy me a sink. She bought me one of those portable sinks so that I could wash hair like a professional at home. And I'm telling you, since that moment, she was amazing and you know what it just made me realize that you know it doesn't take all people have to see is that what you what you do makes you happy like my mom my mom just wanted me to get paid and I don't know even when I asked her she's just like I realized that you I think what did she say to me she said that in that moment is when she found she finally respected 
the craft and she finally saw that I meant business. She finally saw that I wasn't willing to undersell myself and that's what made her believe in me more. And her getting me a sink was her way of showing me that she supported me through whatever. And anyone... Any one of you out there that have been to, had been to my house at the time, you would have known that my mum was my greatest assistant without actually assisting me. She would welcome clients if I hadn't arrived from work. She would make them a cup of tea. She would give them conversations. She would give them jokes. Hell, she would give them stories. She would even dance for one or two of them. My mum was an entertainer and I love her for it. My second hurdle, which wasn't really an emotional hurdle, was um, were my friends. And the funny thing about it is my friends supported me in a sense of when I was doing a lot of hair before at uni. It was like, oh, you should be a hairdresser the way you carry on. Like, you're always doing hair. You, should just, you might as well just quit uni and go and do hair. So when I finally, when I was let go at work, I just said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. One or two of my friends were like, oh, but, you know, you should take the job that you were offered and I think you should just do this as a side hustle, which, you know what, is not bad advice. It's not bad advice, but for me, it was wild because how can I make something a back burner when I had all the time right now? I had literally turned down an amazing opportunity. I had planned to travel for a year and I'd given all of that up to be a volunteer in a shop. So it didn't make any sense for me to basically set myself up for what I considered a mediocre life, a life that I really didn't want to be involved in in any shape, way or form. I didn't see myself being an office person. It wasn't in my blood. I didn't like it. I didn't like it when I was um, in the previous jobs that I'd done over the summer and I felt so much relief when I was let go that it didn't even feel like pain. It felt like someone had told me to go and be free. So for me to be told, oh, you know, you should basically suffocate throughout your day and then do what you love on the side, that didn't make any sense for what money? When I all I had to do was give myself, give into my passion and try and turn that into making me money. Do you know what I mean? Because for me, I always said to all my friends, one thing is for certain, everybody needs their hair done. Everybody. So why not educate myself in that and make myself in the most respected hairdressers because I didn't want to be someone that was not knowledgeable I wanted to be knowledgeable in what I did so I was willing to put in the works why would I give all of that up especially when it was something that was burning inside of me it was literally eating me up inside to be well like everyone else I didn't want to do that and my third um was my workspace I didn't always feel like I was taken seriously because I was a volunteer which was crazy because why would you not respect someone who came to learn once I became a permanent member of staff which happened within I think two two or three months of me starting out I think I started in October 2008 and by January 2009, I was enrolled to be an apprentice. And I graduated, um, I keep saying graduated, I got my MVQ level two in 2000, 
I think it was January or February 2011. I have to check my certificate, but I'm sure I got my NVQ level two in 2011, January. So no, it was March. Oh, I don't know. But I got it in 2011. And those two and a half years, I just felt like once I became permanent staff and a trainee, things changed. And this was probably where the majority of my emotional breakdowns and stress built up because I felt... Because even though I was enrolled and learning in the beginning, I felt there was favouritism and I got pushed to the back sometimes. Not all the time because I was taught. Um, We had model nights where the owner really concentrated on making sure she had a sort of curriculum that she wanted us to follow. And of course, we used to have people come in, our teachers would come in and assess us. Our assessors will come in and assess us on where we should be in order to tick us off for the next um, module. So I don't know, you, you might start off by doing health health and safety and then you get ticked off and then you start doing wash and condition and they'll come and see you three, four times. And if you pass those three, four times, then they'll move on to um, roller sets. But sometimes in one visit, they might do all of those things. So in one visit... I would get a model maybe and I would be doing a roller set, a wash, a condition, a treat, a treatment, colour and um, attach some rows. So I would get ticked off on all of those categories within that, within that visit, which means that a lot of the, I didn't see my assessor too much because a lot of the time I try to get as much done as possible so I will try and bang out a roll a a blow dry and I'll try to have like as many clients as I could so that I could speed through the practical side of the apprenticeship looking back at it I I do realize that I wanted it so bad maybe even too much which made me really frustrated so I took the owner to the side and said that I came from a place of wanting to be better and I need and I needed the same energy from her so that I could be the best at what I could do and it was Vicky who came through for me she came through the most for me in the learning space especially in the first three years she wrote a list of all the things she noticed I avoided and made me concentrate on that and believe it or not one of them was shortcuts and that's why she's a real bitch she's my bitch she's on my phone as my bitch because she was a real one you know I'm lucky enough to have loads of people in my life I've got like six seven core people who have had a real impact in my life and I will talk about them all individually and give them their big thanks but I was very thankful for that because she made me look into myself and say okay I want to be a hairdresser but I'm avoiding a, a, a lot of things when those are the things that I should concentrate on everyone wants to do the things that they like but she made me concentrate on the things that I didn't like and for me that was someone who wanted more for me, even more than I wanted for myself at that point, because she made me see things in a 360 view rather than the 180 I was trying to see things. I was trying to be good at the things that I was so comfortable with, but the things such as colour, colour correction, um, blow drying with the paddle brush, it was just like a, a series of very very minor stuff but they they made such a difference to a client's journey i mean to 
conclude my thoughts people will always give you their opinion on what you should or shouldn't be doing but I learned especially in this career of mine that I have to make sure that I believe in me first the rest will either follow or they won't and that is their choice because mine has already been made you know I infuse that it starts with yourself and as the years have gone on and <laughs> as the days go on I realize that people are filled with opinions and if you are not sure of what you want to do you will sway with them you'll believe what they think of you and you have to be so sure in yourself if nothing else just be sure just be confident in yourself and if you don't even have that confidence be sure about what it is that you want to do because once people get into your head it's so hard to get them out and I think that's one of the things that I realized that I had I was very sure on what I wanted to do this hairdressing thing passion that I have is wild you know it is like sometimes I sit back and I say really people are out here trying to flip in go to the moon you just want to go and cut hair okay but it's what I'm literally built for it's what I want to do it's my passion and I love it so if you have a passion and you love it I hope that this what is this a speech what what what, what was it it was a series of words my words of Andrew Marie's words of wisdom I hope that if you have a passion, you follow it because there's nothing worse than not trying to follow the thing that makes you happy, the thing that makes you get up in the morning and go. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you so much and see you in my next episode. Bye.